don't do it alone. Don't think that you have to figure it all out yourself. Talk to other people. From Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner-Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a long career as an employed professional. Today on Going Solo, I'm speaking with career and executive coach Tammy Guler-Loeb. Careers are nonlinear, and making major changes in your career can feel very daunting. I invited Tammy to come back on Going Solo to share some of the strategies in her new book, Work from the Inside Out, Break Through Nine Common Obstacles, and Design a Career that Fulfills You. Stay with us to hear all the details. In today's episode, Tammy shares how important it is to be connected to people who can help you. Inside the Smashing the Plateau community, you will experience the camaraderie of supportive, collaborative colleagues, and you'll also have access to experts to help you move your business forward. Check out the Smashing the Plateau community so that you can build a successful consulting business on your own terms, doing what you love and getting paid what you're worth. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com slash community. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash community. Now let's welcome Tammy Guler-Loeb. Tammy is the author of Work from the Inside Out, Break Through Nine Common Obstacles, and Design a Career that Fulfills You. She is a career and executive coach, speaker, and facilitator who focuses on career satisfaction and leadership development. Tammy's clients represent many sectors and industries. Tammy's weekly podcast, Work from the Inside Out, showcases career transition stories of people who found more meaningful work. Her expertise has appeared in Harvard Business Review, Ascend, Forbes, Fast Company, and the Boston Globe. Tammy holds a BA in psychology from Hampshire College in Amherst, Massachusetts, and an MBA from Boston University. Tammy, welcome back to the show. Thank you, David. It's a pleasure to be here again. The last time you were on Going Solo, which, believe it or not, was way back on episode six in mm. 2019, um, shortly after we launched this show, you shared some great strategies for dealing with job loss and how to make that transition, which is so challenging, from employment into your own consulting business. Now, you've been coaching professionals on career strategies for a long time, and you've just come out with your new book, Work from the Inside Out. What prompted you to write the book? Well, David, I have been wanting to write this book for a very long time. It's been kind of living inside of me, and I finally decided to actually just do it. So what prompted me to write it was that I just just finally decided it was time and I was ready ready to do it and got up the guts to do it I think. So I started in in January 2020 and then when the pandemic really came to a head I had all kinds of time to write after that. So it really gave me a, a chance to really focus in and, and explore some of the topics I wanted to cover. But mostly I, I wanted to tell the stories of some people who I thought had some remarkable transitions in their careers and had gone from situations where they were either you know unhappy or just not as fulfilled as they could be to really finding their way to happier places at work. 
And I thought those stories were worth telling because I think there's a lot of people out there who are not all that happy or not feeling engaged either by their work or are out of work and looking to find a a more fulfilled or satisfying place. And I desperately want to help them get there. What does it mean to work from the inside out? What it means is that when, when you work from the inside out, it means that you are finding your way to a profession, to a career, to to a type of work that really fulfills you in an internal way. And what I mean by that is it touches you intuitively or internally. It, it, it warms your heart. It's the kind of work that you'd almost be willing to do if you weren't paid. Now, I qualify that saying there's a lot of things that many of us do that we love doing, but if we weren't paid, maybe we would do it a little differently. But I think that there are a lot of times when people just go to work just for a paycheck and or they have taken on a role or a certain function at work simply because somebody told them to do it or someone told them they were good at something. But there's a real difference between working that way and working in a way where it just feels right and you feel like you're being your best self, or you actually like who you're being at work, that's from the inside out. There's an intangible quality about it. And yet, when you're working from the inside out, you absolutely know that you're there. And it doesn't have to be uh, some kind of nirvana or, you know, ultimate dream job kind of situation. It could be that you're just simply, you know, relatively content and happy with what you're doing. When you started out on the process of writing the book, did you know that you were going to focus on nine obstacles that people have in common that prevent them from working from the inside out? No, I didn't know it was going to be nine at that point. I think once I started writing the the outline, it, it kind of morphed into that. So I didn't know right away that it was going to be nine. And there's nine chapters in the book. It's some of the chapters you know, would I would say are the obstacles that, that I describe are, some of them are more concrete than others, but I think that the themes that run through each chapter are the kinds of mindsets or thinking that people often go through to essentially talk themselves out of making some sort of a change in their professional lives that would be, I think, would create a more satisfying situation. Mm. So, yeah. And is the book primarily focused on people that are in a particular line of work or in a career where they want to make a change as opposed to they're not in the workforce yet or someone who has been purposely not in the workforce and is going back into the into work after a long absence? So the book is the stories in the book. If you're asking about the stories in the book. Yes. And, yeah. and kind of sort of who it's who is designed for. Well, okay. So the book was initially designed for people who are more, I'd say, mid-career, later career, people who've maybe been around the block at least once. What I'm finding though is that I have some friends who've read early editions of it who've said they want to give this book to their 20-something kids and want them to read it. 
So I've gotten some feedback already that there are people who are earlier in their careers who are finding it valuable. And might I say to your audience that there is a David Schreiner Khan story in the book, and it's a really good one at that. All right. So now that that's been disclosed, um, (laughs) then I can ask you the next question, which is why, why on earth did you decide to put my story in your book? Well, it's a good question, actually, because I think that your story of career transitions is an excellent one. I think that you, you know, started your career in a in a particular field, in a pathway that many people might say, oh, he's set for life. You know, he's trained as an engineer. He could be an engineer for life, make a good living. Certainly, that's what my parents thought. Sure. And and why wouldn't they? I mean, most most parents would think that, right? And it's like, why why would you ever consider doing anything else? It's it's solid work, it's good work, and you can make a good living. What's to question? Well, you know, you reached a point where you said, you know what, I think I need to do something else. This is not satisfying me. And and yet, you know, it's not as if you didn't try over and over again to make it work. And I think that's an important point is that in in your case and a lot of the cases of the people I wrote about, they didn't just pick up and leave one day and say, oh, I don't like this. I think I'll switch. It, it was a process. And I love the fact that you then went and did something quite different. And you must have been on a huge learning curve going into, you know, nonprofit management. You also, I think, You also did some self-exploration, and I think that's really instructive, that you spend some time trying to get to know yourself in ways. And I think that's really important when people are thinking about what's next for them, that, or when they want, they decide to figure out what's next for them, that they take a little time to figure out what is it about them that they need to learn more about or what is it that they're trying to figure out about themselves rather than just finding the next shiny object or making more of a reactive pivot to something else? Because when people do that, they usually end up finding that they're still feeling the same way they were feeling before. So I've seen it. I've had clients who, you know, they'll find a new job Sometimes they don't even tell me. They just go and get a new job. And then they say, oh, I've landed somewhere. And six months later, they're knocking on my door again because they just made a very reactive decision to just grab another job rather than taking the time to really explore what their options might be. But back to you, David. <laughs> I think that you, you've several times in your career made some very thoughtful changes and, and went through a process each time to do it. And I think it's a great way to do that. I also, though, think that, you know, we, we also change over the period of our lives. And what worked well for us in our 20s may not work well for us in our 40s or our 50s. We decide we want different things. We want a different lifestyle or we want to work in a different situation. There's, there's all kinds of choices that we might want to make once we've you know, just had the experience of more life. So there's no no one saying you have to stay in the same profession your whole life. However, when you're 18 and everybody's asking you, you know, what do you want to do? What do you want to major in? What do you want to do for the rest of your life? How are you supposed to know that? And, and it's as if you're supposed to know not only what you want to do, 
but what you want to do for the rest of your life. It's kind of a silly question. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, yeah. I mostly you know go. what I want to do this week. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, but you, you actually, you're, you're onto something which I think is a, a touchstone for many people in our audience, which is you have different needs at different stages in your life. Mm-hmm. And our focus, I would say, is primarily on people staying in the same field, mm-hmm. but working in a different environment. So they're going mm-hmm. from employment to consulting, mm-hmm. which, you know, so, so they're not changing the actual work output but they are changing how they get paid mm-hmm. big time. Mm-hmm. And it's a, that's a huge transition. And mm-hmm. it's, um, it's very challenging for many people. Yeah. But it's an important choice, too. It's a very important choice. Yeah. Because it's not just how they get paid. It's also the kinds of relationships they might have in the way that they go about the work they do. And the way in which they engage in the work, even if the content of the work is similar and the way they go about some of the work is similar, there are many aspects of it that are different. You know, I I liken that to people who stay in the same field and even just change employers, even though that's a little bit different than what we're talking about here. And that is that a lot of people, when they get ready to leave a job, or are feeling not happy or disengaged, it's usually because they're in an environment that isn't working for them anymore or the culture of the organization. And sometimes by choice, sometimes not by choice, they have to leave. And sometimes it has nothing to do with the work itself. It has to do with the environment they're in. So in in this case, what we're talking about here is You might like the work you're doing very much, but you need to change up some other aspects around it to continue to enjoy it. Right. So, Tammy, what principles are there in your book that address some of the things you need to take into account and address when you go from employment to consulting in the same field? Well, I think one principle that I talk about quite a bit is don't do it alone. Don't think that you have to figure it all out yourself. Talk to other people who have done it before you. Listen to this podcast over and over and over again. Learn from other people's experiences. Oh, read my book too. That would help. Yes. (laughs) And, you know, so when I say don't do it alone, it doesn't mean that you always have to have someone holding your hand, but stay open and curious to other resources. So that could include other people. It could include, you know, reading books, looking at research, other outside sources that just continue to keep an open perspective on what's possible. What's possible in terms of what you're stepping into. And don't close down the walls too fast and decide that you already know what it's going to be like. Nobody really has a crystal ball. It could be scary to take this step, even if it's something you want. So live with a little bit of fear. Fear and excitement can feel like the same thing. So be excited. I would expect it to feel that way. There's two ways to look at fear. In fact, the first chapter of the book is called Fear, Friend or Foe. If you make it your foe, it's going to get in your way. It's going to shut you down. It's going to stop you from taking some of the more proactive or creative steps you can take going forward. 
if you think of it as your friend, you'll be excited and energized to go forward and you'll allow yourself maybe to take some chances or some risks going forward. You know, or maybe you'll, you know, call somebody or reach out to somebody who you look up to that maybe you feel a little funny about reaching out to or lots of different things, but ways to really expand your view of things. So those are some principles, you know, don't do it alone, embrace whatever fear you're feeling, stay open and curious. And I'll leave one, one other principle that I, that I often will say is be aware of all or nothing thinking people when they're feeling afraid they often will go to, well, it's either this or that. And just know that most things don't don't go to just one point or another point. There's usually many points in between, and you need to give yourself a chance to consider a number of different factors before you decide that something is a certain way. Yeah, that actually is a, is a really important point. And I think mm-hmm. you're right, particularly when we're fearful, we often start to think in extremes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's a way of maybe handling the fear. You know, it gives you something to hold on to. It's either this way or that way. I don't have to think about all the other options, but I think it's also another way of thinking you have this crystal ball, like, you know, what's going to happen. A lot of, look, a lot of people like to know what's going to happen before it happens, or they're afraid of the unknown because they just don't know what's what's ahead of them, even if they're excited about it and they're looking forward to it. And yet you really have to be present and be curious about what's going to show up in front of you and let yourself just receive it rather than step into it with some idea that of what's going to happen. Because what will happen then is when you do encounter whatever shows up, and if it's not what you expected, you might be disappointed and that can be discouraging and you might not be prepared to deal with it then. Right. Well, we do. We we make plans because we need something mm-hmm. that will frame and guide what we want to do. Sure. But reality is plans never work out the way we anticipate. Right. And what's most important is how we pivot when the unexpected happens. Right. Or have contingencies. And that's why I say don't go at it alone. So let's say you make a plan, something changes in a way, and you're not sure exactly how to deal with those changes. You know, have have some people in your hip pocket that you can pick up the phone and call or email and ask them if they've ever experienced something like that or if they know of a resource that could be helpful to you. But there's always another question to be asked and another way to get the answer. Yeah. Is there a story of someone in your book who has done a, a really fabulous job of going from high achieving employee to consultant in the same field and in particular where they have responded well to the unexpected along the way? Yes. So actually I'll tell you about Ron Carucci. So Ron was in in the consulting field already, working for a firm, did a lot of work around leadership development, organizational development. And he reached a point where he decided to go out on his own and do his own thing. And he had been an internal organizational development person within several corporate environments. 
And he found that he found that people didn't always want to listen to him in those environments. You know, he'd go in and he'd give his advice. They didn't want to hear him. So then he went externally. And as an external, quote, expert, all of a sudden people wanted to hear what he had to say. It was the same things, right? But he also felt that being the external consultant, he felt somewhat limited in some ways, but that his, his knowledge, he needed a broader base of knowledge. So he decided actually to go back into a consulting firm then and work for a consulting firm. And he expanded his skill set and his knowledge by partnering with a whole group of other people. And he did that for many years and worked with them. And that, that gave him the broader base of experience that he wanted. And then out of that firm, he and a much smaller group of people partnered and started their own firm from there. So he, you know, this is, a, and I've seen a few people do this where they stay in the same field, but they've, sometimes they're employed by someone else. Sometimes they've gone off on their own. Sometimes they've gone back and forth. And it's hard to do that sometimes where when you decide you've been on your own and then you go back to being employed by someone else, sometimes people feel like they failed in some way. And it's, it's a tough call to make that decision. I know it was tough for Ron to do that, but he had very clear intentions around why he did that at the time. And yet he was able to then move on very successfully from there. Yeah, that's a great example. And what you've just described involves multiple scenarios and multiple pivots along the way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. So, which goes back to your point that work and life are not linear. There you go. Another chapter in the book, right? <laughs> Careers are not linear. No, far I mean, from it. Um, yeah, I and yours, agree. yours wasn't. I think that's the chapter you're in, actually. <laughs> um, well said. <laughs> uh, Tammy, before we close out, is there anything else that you'd like to mention about the book or sort of the focus of your work at this point? Well, I think the the focus of the book is really trying to I'm not trying to tell people that they should duplicate the stories that are in the book. They're just examples. In fact, I would say that some of the examples in the book could not be duplicated. But I do hope that if people want to read the book, that that they will either get inspired or sparked in some way and see that whatever limitations or whatever ways in which they're telling themselves something isn't possible to accomplish, that they can see by the examples of the people that I've written about that there's a lot of ways to make things happen, that that possibility does exist. Whether it's you decide at age 50 to go to law school or, you know, you've had a devastating accident and you think, oh, I'm never going to be able to be vibrant and work again, and you can. There's all kinds of things that have happened in the lives of the people I wrote about. And many of them have, you know, tripped and fallen, gotten back up, and they keep going. And it's not that they're extra special in any way. I I think they're special, but they are human beings. They put their pants on one leg at a time like the rest of us. And yet they've made a lot of really good decisions along the way to be true to themselves 
each step of the way. And I think that's what's key is just trying to find something in their lives that's that's genuine to who they are and that they find would be meaningful. And that's it. Yeah, and no, I think that's the main point. Yeah. And I want to thank you so much, Tammy, for coming back on Going Solo and sharing um, what you've been up to for the last couple of years and the some of the stories that are in your book and uh, the, the principles behind Work from the Inside Out. My guest today has been career and executive coach, author, speaker, and facilitator, Tammy Guler-Loeb. Thank you again, Tammy, for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's great. When you visit the Going Solo website, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. In today's episode, Tammy Guler-Loeb shares how important it is to be connected to people who can help you. Inside the Smashing the Plateau community, you'll experience the camaraderie of supportive, collaborative colleagues. You'll also have access to experts to help you move your business forward. Check out the Smashing the Plateau community so that you can build a successful consulting business on your own terms, doing what you love and getting paid what you're worth. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com community. That's smashingtheplateau.com community. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.